I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Y'all, it's official. We are an Amazon affiliate. And it's only right because I let till book is offered on Amazon. If you haven't already checked it out, go ahead and click the link in our description and check it out. Help us support you while we support us, while we all support each other, if you know what I'm saying. All right, y'all, check it out. All right, y'all, we're back with another episode, and we have a special guest today. But as usual, we want to jump in with the discussion question. And Danica has been trying to have real discussions, and I'm not trying to do that. But instead, I would like to ask a question. So (laughs) my question is, what is one product that you recently purchased that you are, like, really enjoying? Danica? It's like, like, I have really, really sensitive skin. So I've been actually struggling so bad with, like, trying new stuff. Mm-hmm. like recently like my dermatologist like because my lips were like breaking out really bad she was like stop using anything because I would get like lip glosses with vitamin e oil and all of that but and I still got to go to the allergy specialist I might be allergic to vitamin e oh. um, but so right now I'm not trying to try nothing out like nothing <laughs> and nothing and every time I do because I'm like okay let me just try it. it always messes me up so I mean I guess I mean I don't even it doesn't have to be a body product. It could be like okay, like your kitchen, your house. Uh, uh I don't know. I'm kind of um, uh, I I really like the perfume um, Bright Crystals Versace. Um, mm-hmm. I really like that perfume. It smells so good. That's that's my go-to right now. So I guess that's the new thing I tried out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of I'm thinking of it now. And I kind of am like I like when I'm when I get comfortable, I'll be keeping the same thing, like my same <laughs> kind of thing going on. But uh-huh. uh, what about you? Since this was your bright question. Oh my gosh, don't play me. <laughs> <laughs> um I recently bought a soap and a sponge, but for your feet. And it smells so good. Like I look forward to scrubbing my feet every day because of this soap and a sponge. And it was at Home Goods, it was like $7, I just bought it. And then I also bought this like body scrub that foams instead of just like being a scrub. So those are my two new products where I'm really liking those. I don't know, I've been into like foot care lately. So my feet have been like really like dry. I don't know if it's the weather, but They've been like a whole new level of dry and I've been having to take extra care of them. So are they swollen? They're not swollen. Oh, I was about to say, why would they be swollen? <laughs> nah, they're not swollen, y'all. She's asking that because I'm pregnant, but no, nah, they're not swollen. But they are going through it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Denise? Uh I'm kind of a my old standards that I've been using for years keep me happy. I will try products. Um, I'm a bath and body girl, uh, not bath and body like in the store, but like I like bath products. They mm-hmm. make me, they bring me lots of joy. Um, I went up to the salt cave in Santa Barbara uh, for my birthday and I bought a salt scrub from there. 
and it's okay. I'm not, it smells good, but it doesn't really, I'm not that crazy about it. So I just go back to my old standby, which is the body shop. And I just, their products are consistent. They feel good. They work great on my skin. Um, so, but I'm also a service girl. So like I got my facial set up for Friday. Um, you know, I love the girl who does my nail, my manicure is a pedicure. But again, I'm a loyal type of chick. So like I've had the same person who does my nails and my feet probably for five or six years. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, so, but I did find a new facial person. Danika, you were talking about your skin. Your dermatologist is, is your dermatologist African-American? My dermatologist is, um, I'm not sure what she is. She's not black though. Um, but she's not white either, but I just, (laughs) I just started seeing her and, um, I mean, it's, I I can and I probably should find a black dermatologist as well because I'm also dealing with just pigmentation problems and stuff. Dr. Pearl, Dr. Pearl Grimes, you should check her out. It's the cost of this insurance, you know. I know, Uh, but give her a call and see if uh, they take your insurance. What kind of insurance do you have? Kaiser, but oh, say no more, baby, say no more. Um, you said Dr. Pearl. What's the name? I'm sorry. Pearl Grimes, yeah. You can't go nowhere with Geyser, but to Geyser. <laughs> anyway, I got it. But it's about to be open enrollment, so I can switch up my whole thing. I'm switching everything up because Kaiser got me messed up. Wow. I spent too much money this year. Kaiser's not where it's at. Well, money-wise, though, you're probably not going to get anything cheaper. Let me know if you find something cheaper. I never find anything cheaper. Not for what I get. You got Kaiser, Kaiser. too? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm. I use Kaiser. I take Kaiser. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for the resource, though. It's nice to know. Yeah. Uh, But thanks, Mari, for that uh, random question. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. So today, you all, we have Denise M. Williams. Um, She's a licensed marriage and family therapist based in Los Angeles, California. She runs a group private practice where the focus is women of color who suffer from depression, anxiety, phase of life issues, and existential crisis. Through a social justice lens, self-care, and a sense of humor, Denise's goal is to help women uncover the belief systems that drives behavior that does not work for them. From this place, women can learn to create the life that they choose to live. Denise's focuses, focus has been women, however, she works with men as well. She is licensed through the California Board of Behavioral Sciences and is a member of California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. Um, She holds a Master of Science in Clinical Psychology from Antioch University. Prior to transitioning to a mental health career in 2015, Denise's work in logistics, management, and event production for sports and entertainment facilities and large-scale events across the United States. So I don't know if y'all can guess what we're talking about today, <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship. Um, and I'm also, I think we use this word entrepreneurship, but I'm also open to using another word if, you know, it's a preference of it's just being a business owner. Um, but so getting us started, Denise, what made you become an entrepreneur or whatever you want to do you have a different name I don't know I sometimes I just be tired of hearing the word entrepreneurship sometimes I don't I mean you know (laughs) sometimes we have a need to have a lot of words and I'm like working on having less words so you know I just need to 
call it what it is and keep it moving. So, um, so anyway, um, how did I get there? Um, my mom has, my mom, she's passed now, um, was always very progressive and was never about that. Get a job, get a job. She was like, run your own thing. She, my mother always said, you always want to be the person cutting the checks, not receiving the check. And so I just, it's just always been just there. Like when I could to go for it. So I've been doing it. Um, before I was a therapist in private practice with my own private practice, um, I had my, had my own event business. So it's just always been a thing for me. Yeah. Do you think that, um, cause I know you said you got it passed down from your mom. Do you think that, do you know where she got it from? Um, yeah, my mom, <laughs> my, my mom was, um, I always say my mom was all a, all of Malcolm and none of Martin, um, Marcus Garvey, Malcolm. She just, she was, you know, a black into black liberation theory. So she was always about having your own. Um, I grew up with knowing that as black people, we were amazing and powerful. You know, I didn't grow up under the doctrine that, you know, we were less than or we didn't have, I, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up believing that we should have our own, do our own thing, and that we came from great and powerful people. So, and and where my mom got it from, I think, I don't think, I know my mom belonged to something called the Moore Science Temple, which is similar, to, it's, a, it's a Muslim religion, but it was started by Noble Drew Ali, which is also a spin, and, and he kind of came from Garveyism. So um, she got into that early in her life, and you know, it set the foundation for me. Yeah, passed it right on down to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, my the second question was kind of like, what was your planning timeline like? But it, it sounds like you've always been an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, you have to work for people. I had to, especially in the event business, right. I needed to learn a skill. Um, and, and what I tell people, we were just talking about health insurance and let me be real honest. People don't often talk about or understand the privilege that health insurance has given someone like me. See, prior to Obamacare, I didn't have the privilege to work for myself because I always needed insurance. I had a pre-existing condition, which meant that I needed to have insurance. And only way I could get insurance before Obamacare was to work for someone. And a lot of people don't get, they're like, oh, it costs a lot, oh, I can't. But you have the option not to be a slave to a job. And I don't think enough people have enough appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Thank you for touching on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's super, it's, it's super important. So I really encourage people to um, just really, um, yeah, just recognize. And we're in the state of California, right? And a lot of states also don't have, because most, a lot of states didn't opt into the plan the way it was designed. So when you go to some of these Southern states that don't even have that, where they don't get the subsidies for insurance, they're... Like, that's why you hear such horror stories. Oh, the insurance is messed up. Obama made it so expensive. Well, if they had opted into the plan the right way, the states had opted into the plan the right way, it might not be that expensive. So, right, Danica, you have your own business, right? Mm -hmm. And you can have health insurance. 
10 years ago, that wasn't the case. And I don't even know if you have an appreciation for like, you just like, it costs too much. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, to be honest, Denise, I think it's more set, it's more so the mindset of like, you just, Mm -hmm. I've never had to do it. That's what it is. I've Mm -hmm. I've been utilizing the benefits from these jobs and corporations, companies I work for. And I've never even had to think about like how much health insurance is and and so it's just a new mm-hmm. mindset, something I'm dealing with. But I don't, when you yeah. put it in that perspective and I and also just getting used to it, it's not that bad. Yeah, because like I'm having a hard time hiring clinicians right now. And I know, again, right? Part of it is because now that licensed clinicians can just pop on, you don't need a building. The things that you used to need to be an entrepreneur don't yeah those barriers have been knocked down right you don't need a building you don't need a room you don't need to pay a bunch of rent right you can set up in your living room your bedroom wherever and boom you in business right um the fact that you can get insurance boom you're in business but i just want you all to know that those were the barriers years ago like oh i want to start my own business how can i get insurance oh you can't okay guess i'll keep working for somebody (laughs) yeah just something to think about because I don't think that people think about it often yeah I mean that makes sense though because I was just telling my parents that I want to be an entrepreneur and they were like freaking out like what would you do about insurance like you can't get on ours and I was trying to explain it to them and now I understand why they were saying I was it was not clicking for me why they kept saying that so Uh I think now I'm gonna just have them listen to this episode so that they can (laughs) fully understand Yeah, you know, um, if you're in the state of California and you get on Covered California, if you're not making enough money, you know, there are subsidies. And even if you are, I don't qualify for any subsidy. Of course, I don't qualify for subsidies. Um, However, the fact that I can go in my pocket and pay for insurance for me means the world. It means I don't have to be tied to anybody. I can run my own business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I'm curious about like, what are some benefits that you found in being an entrepreneur that you want to share with us? Oh, the bit, I don't have, I don't, I, well, here's the deal. <laughs> my kids, they, if you ask my kids what I do, they just like, oh, my mom's a boss. Like, I'm like, I have a job title, like long before I was a therapist, like I have a job title, but in their minds, they're just like, you just boss people around. I was like, no, I don't just boss people around. But the reason I'm saying that is because I've always wanted to be my own boss, mm-hmm. but I've been fortunate enough, you know, my kids, they don't see that I work for people and I have bosses and they, they just don't see that. They just would go to events and see that, oh, my mom's in charge. And that was all my kids saw. So they just think that's amazing. That has screwed them up because they think they're supposed to get a job and be in charge. <laughs> like it don't work that way. <laughs> work to get here. You don't walk out, get a job and just be the boss, right? <laughs> um, but what I think, I, I be, I'll be honest, I have a new appreciation in the private practice because right now, um, my pri- my practice is comprised of all black women. Um, but working and when I did my partnership, I'm sorry, my training ship, um, I worked in a minority, I worked in minority AIDS, which was all minorities. And you don't think about this often, but when you go to work and you don't have to be other, when you don't have to go to work and be wondering, is this about my color? Is this about this? Is it about that? we don't think about how much energy we spend when we're in corporations where we're the minority 
and we are the minority and being the minority, right? You're like wondering, did I not get that promotion because of this? Or they talk to me because of that? Or they treat me like, right? Those are just things that you don't think about. You just, you just don't think about, right? When it's a room, I'm not saying that you don't have other issues, but just not being othered. And it became really apparent to me how important it was and what it feels like not to be othered when I went to Africa. Like most of us don't even understand what that means not to be othered. Um, but it's a powerful experience to be in your own business where you're not othered and that you can provide safe spaces. Like how many times do you wanna go to work and be in a safe space and not be worried about um, showing up, you know, in your braids or, you know, in a new hairstyle and somebody like, what's your do to your hair? You know, cause you sit with a whole bunch of black women who all got their own thing going on, like, and nobody says anything. Right. It seems like a simple thing, but I think we've all had an experience where you go somewhere and you're like, can I wear my hair like this? Can I wear my hair like that? That takes some time, takes some energy. Just have to think about that. Yeah, so basically like a huge benefit is being able to create your own space. You get to make the space however you want it to be. And in that you're helping other people too. Black women, especially, especially in your, um, as, for, as far as what you're talking about, like you get to create these spaces. Yeah, I think the other, the other thing that I enjoy is that um, I was fortunate because this is a second career for me. So I came out of corporate America. What I find is a lot of clinicians um, don't have a business background at all. And so we want to start our solo practice. We want to start a practice and you're like, what am I doing? I don't understand any of these concepts. So one of the things that I'm committed to doing when I work with my associates or my, even my licensed people is I ask them, how much money do you want to make? Like, when's the last time you walked into a job and somebody said, how much money do you want to make? And they tell me how much money they want to make. And I say, okay, if you want to make this much money, then this is what you got to do. If you can do that, then you can make this much money. Yeah. I appreciate the topics that you're touching on because usually when you talk about entrepreneurship, all you hear is like, you make your own schedule. And I'm always like, so are there any other benefits? Well, you don't have to like go to anyone. Any other benefits? <laughs> no, that's pretty much it. And I'm like, you don't make me interested in this. If that's the only benefit, I'm going to No, <laughs> I... <laughs> Yeah, no, how empowering it, how empowering is it to be able to say to someone that you want to hire, well, how much money do you want to make? Exactly. And then they tell me how much money they want to make. And then I tell them what they have to do to be able to make that money. Okay, you can make that much money, but this is what you got to be billing. This is what you got to hit. This is what it has to look like. Can you do that? And some people step up and be like, yeah. <laughs> and some people are like, I don't know. but you know and depending on what they're saying and they're talking about I say to them I can help you you know I'll help you get there it's not perfect and it's hard work right you let's start with you creating a marketing plan a marketing plan uh, yeah because I'm not doing it all for you you got to do right you got to do some of this work yourself you want to make a lot of money then you got to put in some work it's not about showing up and sitting down and seeing clients. But that's the thing is, right, I get to choose and I'm looking for women who wanna be 
eventually into their own practice and do their own thing. So I'm looking to help them get there by understanding the numbers, understanding the work and that type of stuff. I get to share. I don't have to be like, oh, um, you know, this is private information or I'm just trying to make a ton of money. That's just not who I am, right? That's just not what I come from. Um, so yeah, so that's the great thing. And then you get to explore, you get to, I don't see therapy the way I think, you know, we all see therapy a different way. And to be quite honest, the whole on the couch Eurocentric form of therapy, I've never been about, right? So I have a whole different mindset about how I wanna approach mental health. And guess what? There's no one to tell me I can't. I mean, the BBS says, here are the parameters, but past that, then I get to go from there. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that, thank you. What mm-hmm. are some of the challenges um, that you feel like you may have faced or that come up being a black woman entrepreneur? Um. It's probably not what you think. For me, it's isolation sometimes. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's isolation. It's, um, and LA is such a weird place. You know, clients come in and they talk to me about not being able to make friends and network in LA. And I'm like, yeah, I know this is a weird ass city. <laughs> it's like a strange place. It but it's the same way even in business, right? Trying to connect with black women business owners I have found some amazing women who are open to sharing but you know everybody's not and I don't know if you guys have been out on the scene for African-American therapists but you would think that we'd be super connected and there'd be so much networking and there's not you know so isolation is a factor for me yes I thousand percent agree with that (laughs) (laughs) yeah isolation is a factor right um and maybe in other businesses, it's not because you have to work and connect with people. But, you know, if you're just sitting with clients, you know, you do that Monday through whatever your work day is, and then you finish and all you've seen is your clients and you've not connected with other people. That was one of the bonuses of me starting the group practice is now I have at least other clinicians to work with. Um, I think the other big, big, big issue with being, um, having your own business is you often, when your money is, when you're still like in that growing phase where you've got just enough money that, or you're grown too big to just be doing your own little, let me throw something out on social media, right? That you need to bring in a social media person, or you need to bring in this person. Like, you know, now you got to start rethinking your numbers. And so you need to grow a team. And so you're trying to grow that team in balance, right? Balance to your money. Now, all of a sudden I find I'm looking for a new accountant team. Um, I have a great accountant, but I'm, I'm looking for a, a accountants that really understand this business so that they can help maybe give me some new models to look and, and understand. So I sell that to say, being the person has to you you feel like you got to know it all and understand it all or at least know enough of it to hire somebody right I'm not a social media person but I got to hire somebody who's a social media person so I got to understand something about it so I could hire them mm-hmm. I'm not an accountant but I got to understand something about it to be able to hire somebody right mm-hmm. so all of a sudden your knowledge has to grow and so um often you're not just running a business like I still see 25 26 27 clients a week and then I got to market, then I got to do accounting, then I got to check notes for supervision, like you got to supervise. So that's the part that I think ain't sexy. It ain't sexy at all. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's it sounds like a lot. Um, yeah. And then I was also thinking of not only are you an entrepreneur, but I mean, because sometimes when you think of entrepreneurship, you have folks who create a business where like you have a private practice and you have other people and whole team working with you and then you do have the entrepreneurs is just like solely them right as far as like mm-hmm. providing services and how sometimes creating better more spaces for people it can be even more overwhelming even though it's like oh I don't want to be isolated but the more people you have on this team right. the more overwhelming it could be too yeah because because in January like for January one of the big things that I have to consider right now is I, I need to bring in, like I have insurance and I pay for it as a you know kind of solo person, but I have a business corporate structure, right? So my my business structure is a corporation, and so I want to be able to again offer my uh, employees those perks, right? So now I'm thinking about health insurance. Now I got to sit down. Now I got to understand how health insurance works and how does that integrate into my payroll and what percentage is that? And how is that going to, what is that going to do to my percentage? What is that going to do to my profitability, right? But also the state of California is, baby, let me tell you, the state of California is all about employees. It's not necessarily the state for businesses, right? And so now employees employers have to offer some type of retirement. So now I've got to think about what I'm offering an employee with regards to retirement, right? Um, And how does that fit in? You know, you think 3% doesn't seem like very much, but 3% times six, seven, eight people, it becomes, you know, much, right? (laughs) So um, yeah, so yeah, those are the things I think the, I think the hardest part is having to know a little bit about a lot of stuff at least to, to be effective. Yes, absolutely. And so, I mean, like I said, I'm hearing all of this and um, I'm not sure how my feeling, but sometimes it can just feel like a lot. So what are some beginning tips that you would have for someone who's just starting off with their own business? Um, I say you have to start with your belief system and your mindset. You gotta believe that you can. Um, you got to know. So first you start with the mindset. You got to believe that you can, that you can and you will, and you have the ability to do it. Then you got to know your why. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing this versus working for someone? Somebody's like, oh, it's easy. I just, you know, I don't want to work for people, right? Okay, you don't want to work for people, but do you want to do all the other stuff? Because just not working for people is one thing, but um, all the stuff that comes along with running your own business becomes important, right? So you have to really know your why and you need a strong why, right? Um, because you're going to have to go back to that time and time again. Like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? I'm telling you, once you get in it, then you're going to constantly going back to the whys. Why? Oh, this is too much. Oh, oh, this is right. So that's that. The other thing that I tell people is you are an expert as a clinician. Don't try to be an expert at everything else. It doesn't work. Be the expert at what you are expert, you know, in, um, and utilize those services. We try to get away by doing simple things like, um, you know, I don't know, like legal Zoom or, you know, ask a friend or, you know what I mean? Um, get you an attorney, right? Start with the experts so that you could build your infrastructure. And that's the other thing build your infrastructure, have a business plan or at least a business outline, um, and then talk to your experts, talk to legal 
talk to your money people because they're going to help you set your foundation. And those things are important. Once you start business and you start wrong, it takes a long time to catch up. You'll find yourself in the hole with taxes. You'll find yourself in hot water because you didn't set up your legalese correctly, right? So make sure that you get with those people in advance and ask the questions, do your interviews, check with people. And the other thing is find a mentor, ask somebody, ask somebody. I'm Danica, just call somebody, ask somebody. <laughs> Lenise and I will call her in a second. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, and finding somebody that you can trust that will say, I know, or I don't know. And if they don't know, they'll tell you that they don't know, but you know what I mean? So I think those are the, the big things is knowing, you know, knowing that you can and believing in yourself, understanding your whys, um, setting your, you know, outline for your business and getting your legalese and your financials set up foundationally. I think those are really important. Yeah, those are amazing. With all of these different things, um, like these tips and everything that you're doing, like you, like we talked about entrepreneurship your whole life, pretty much. How do you manage your own mental wellness with all of these different things that you have to do? Um, <clears throat> honestly, sometimes I let business stuff go before I let myself go, but that's a new thing for me. It's a new thing for me. So I'm not telling you it's always right. <laughs> that's not what I'm telling you. But for me, I had to learn that staying up all night, trying to get every single thing done, because to be quite honest, it feels like there's always something to be done but I'm not willing to sacrifice me anymore, right? So one of my, <clears throat> one of my business um, sources or revenue sources is uh, the line of self-care, which is me for self-care. And that was just really important for me to, to learn that I'm not going to sacrifice myself. And so things that I, um, this is a new life for me and it took me a little while to adjust because being in the event world, I was always gone 18, 19, 20 hours a day. 20 hour days, I was bringing that into this. And so now, you know, I have a garden in the backyard. I mean, it's coming fall, uh, fall, so like it's winding down, but you know, a garden in the backyard, I got a puppy um, that some odd weird way I've become crazy about. Um, just finding life, trying to reconnect with, my daughters are getting older and really reconnecting with them as young women instead of just my, little girls and trying to connect with them um making time for my partner just that type of stuff and time for me yeah that's important thank you for yeah. sharing yeah okay. if we wrap up we would like to ask about takeaways you have for our listeners it could be anything um one of the things that i think is really important as i get a little bit older I think is sometimes we are our own worst enemies. We are the worst on ourselves. Our critical talk so often is so horrible, right? So learning to speak to that critical voice. Also, a lot of times we are the worst. We, we worry about racism and prejudice and systemic racism. And sometimes we're carrying the mindset that keeps us from moving forward as, mm -hmm. as Black folk ourselves, right? So I, I encourage people to dig in and really set yourself free from some of that. Um, <clears throat> Post-traumatic slave syndrome, the book helped me so much, really 
understand that mindset that needed to be broken. Um, and loving yourself, taking care of yourself and putting yourself first, making sure that you're good because wherever you are, there you will be. And if you haven't done the work to take care of yourself, then wherever you are, that you that's been untaken care of is going to show up. That you that's full of anxiety, that you that is tired, that you that's depressed, the you that is overworked, you know, whatever's going on, it's going to go and it's going to show up. And so I think you've got to find things that help you calm yourself and take care of yourself. Yeah, I really like wherever you are, there you will be. Yeah. And, every day. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other really big thing that I want to say to Black women, young Black women, can I cuss? I won't. Absolutely. Cuss. Yes. Oh, okay. I could cuss. All right. Fuck this. You can do it all bullshit. And then getting to my office at 38, 39, talking about, I want to have a baby, but I haven't met the right person. I wish that more Black women were talking to younger Black women about really, really evaluating the importance of family in your life instead of this idea that it's going to magically show up at some point. And then when it doesn't, you're at 38 and 39 trying to figure out, am I going to have a baby? Can I have a baby? I'm trying to meet the right person. And then you are in a rush to get in relationships that are not the healthiest for you because you feel, I hate the word desperate, but right. But because you're trying to achieve something. Balance, balance. But remember, this, we could do it all and be it all and strong. Like, it's just, it's a crock. Like, be real. If you want a family, be real about that. If you haven't met the right person, but having children is important to you, then go get some kids. Go mm -hmm. do whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. But pretending it just don't get you stuck at 38, 39, upset, mad, like my ovaries, you know, it just, it's, you know, they're not working. You know, I can't have a baby. So I, I really... I just want to throw that out there because I just think we're not talking enough about it. Yeah. Can I just add, we need to let go of these timelines. Like, you do not have to do X, Y, and Z at 30, then this at 35, then this at 40. Like, can we just throw that away? Like, I'm tired of talking about that. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, to a certain degree, we need to throw away the timeline based on, like, I think that's goal setting, like timeline with regards to goal setting. But I do think you do have to be aware of your body's timeline mm -hmm. because that's what's happening is we think we are this and this and this and this and your body's telling you what it needs or, you know, if you want to have kids and stuff. So you're right. Like this, I, at 30, I need to be here and at 40, I agree. But don't forget that your body is going to continue to do what it's doing regardless yeah. of what you're doing. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> well, I think that it's more so like this, the, okay, if you want to have children and you want to have this family, like you just said, you have to be actively putting yourself out there. You can't just sit because if you're just sitting in, it's the difference between being 38 and you've actively been trying and you're not just settling putting yourself in positions versus you sitting there. And I think right. that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah be active be conscious be intentional that's what I want to say be intentional if you want a family be intentional quit thinking that brown is gonna show up at the door like UPS is gonna show up at the door and knock on the door and be like he's the one right you got to do the work you got to get out there um but we've been told that we can do it all and have it all so we getting our PhDs and and I'm not knocking that I don't want you to think that I'm saying that's bad but I'm yeah. saying that we're go 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 and sometimes I think that go, go, go is about not wanting to get quiet and face mm -hmm. 
the other side of your life. So. Mm, yes. Wow, y'all. I'm walking away ready to start my day. I mean, the day already started, but I feel <laughs> I mean, this can have come at a more perfect time where I'm like wrapping up hours, already thinking about entrepreneurship. I like that Denise was so raw, open and honest with us about, you know, everything. And I hope y'all got some takeaways because I did. And I want to thank you again for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Thank of you. Of course. I hope y'all enjoyed this week's episode. That's all we got for today. Danica, looking like she want to say something, y'all. Danica, you got something to say? No, no, I'm just going to wrap up because I always do this when the guest is not here anymore. But I just want to pay homage <laughs> to Denise <laughs> and share my story that she helped me become an entrepreneur. She helped me um, to let go of all of these negative mindsets and negative thoughts I've had about just like, can I really do this by myself? Um, and me coming from a family where, you know, entrepreneurship was not pushed and like, you know, you just work. That's what you have to do. You just have to work for somebody. So I I always pay homage to her. And this is the person, y'all. This is the person who did it. And I know I'm gonna listen to this episode again. <laughs> yes. I loved it. Well, we'll be back with another episode next week. So y'all, we have to shout out our friends over at Fiverr. We are officially a Fiverr affiliate. And I love Fiverr because you can literally go to them for any type of project you might want to work on, whether it be if you need a new logo, you need help with the resume, you need help with social media, they help you over there. So go ahead and check out our friends over at Fiverr. That's 5-E-R-R. So five with two R's at the end. So go ahead and check them out with the link in our bio and tell them that we sent you.